and welcome to Matt and Kevin Talk Church, two pastors, two old friends from two different denominations on two different coasts, talking about faith, culture, the Bible, and the ins and outs of church ministry. I'm Matt Curtis, pastor of Decision Life Church in Webrica, California. I'm Kevin Sheehan, associate pastor of Reformed Presbyterian Church in Ephrata, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, welcome back, everyone. Today is May 24th. If you are an astute listener to the show, you may have noticed that we didn't post one last week. And I guess I'm taking the blame for that one because I got sick and couldn't function at more than 10% capacity. So relax. Yep, I, it was just regular sick, everybody. I'm, like... I'm to blame. Yeah, just regular sick. I even went and got tested and everything for COVID just to, just to make right. absolutely positively sure right. to rule it out. Right. So I missed our anniversary, Matt. I'm so, so sorry. This is typical every year, man. Every year. <laughs> every Never. year. This is no, the but... first year. <laughs> yeah. This is our... yeah. So last week, we would have recorded on May 17th, which was the one-year anniversary of when we posted our first podcast. Right. A great date in history, to be sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. I went, I, mean... I went and got sick. Well, and that we're still doing this a year later is, you know, and our audience is growing and we get some listener feedback occasionally and all of that. So, yeah, yeah thank you guys for listening for a year. Or if you just started listening today, um, we hope you'll stick with us after today. But but in all seriousness, it's been it's been fun to do this with you. And uh, I want to keep doing it for as long as we can. All right. Well, let's see if we have anything worthwhile to talk about. Well, I mean, let's, let's not shoot for... I think our last episode, we talked about a week away for far too long. So we'll try we to... We really, really did. We'll try to move on to something a little more worthwhile this this yeah. time. So yeah. we did want to talk about the idea of weekly corporate worship, aka going to church on Sunday, and why it's important, and how to make sure that it's a regular part of every Christian's life. Yeah. So we know these days going to church looks a little different just because we're still kind of in COVID and pandemic. And so there's, you know, lots of caveats, I suppose, but I want to speak to a moment just to the, the biblical norm of gathering together on a weekly basis uh, for corporate worship. So Matt, start us off. Is there well, a biblical case for this? I think that there is. So I'm going to be in Hebrews here real briefly. And all of you like know where we're going. Uh, starting in verse 23, just to help us a little bit, uh, let's hold firmly to the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. So the confession he's talking about is the gospel uh, that Jesus uh, has uh, borne the wrath in his body for our sins to pay for our sins. And he has risen on the, on the third day and has ascended into heaven that he has obeyed perfectly. That that's what he's talking about. And then he says, let us hold for, let's hold firmly to our confession. And then he says, and let us consider how to encourage one another in love and good deeds, not abandoning our own meeting together as it is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. So he's saying we need to be communities that are gathered around the truth of the gospel and who are anticipating the consummation of everything. The reason we gather in many ways is about an eschatological hope. That's a fancy way of saying we're looking forward to Jesus's return. And we gather together every week to anticipate and 
prepare for his return. And that, and there's a command there. It's an imperative to not forsake meeting together as is the habit of some, it says, right. But to gather together so that we might be encouraged as we wait for, as we wait for Jesus's return. Right. So, so that, that's one of the places I would go. Well, do you have, do you have others? Well, I've been struck as we've been going through the book of Colossians in our sermon series of late, and I've been struck how frequently imperatives, imperatives of the Christian life are done in the context of community. Yeah. Together. Do this together. Do this one another. Uh, I mean, you can't get away from it. You, you can hardly yeah. read a paragraph without that yeah. coming out, not just in Colossians either, but all throughout the epistles. No, the, the, there's something like 59 one another commands, right? Right. Then there's just all the one another commands that are like straight up just one another commands. Right. You know, bear with one another, forgive one another, um, encourage one another, love one another, you know, so on and so forth. And you can't do the one another's if there are no others to one another with. Right. Right. Like right. you can't. Not to mention this idea of you know, you've been called to one body. Yeah. And you can't be one body if you're never really together. Yeah. So it's just striking how much of the Christian life is life in community. Yeah. And that's like not good news for people like me who are introverts, you know, or, or people, you know what I mean? Like for some people, it's like, oh man, that's, that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> you know, it's kind of easier in some ways just to sort of do our own thing and not be bothered by all that mess. But the Lord has called us to enter into the messiness of relationships and the messiness of community. So we can't do Christian living without community, without relationships. So, part of worship i mean yes we all have our our individual worship that we are, we ought to be doing our individual walks with the lord that we ought to be doing but you can't really do worship fully without doing it with one another right and i think the pattern that you see throughout all of history of god's people old testament and well into the new the book of acts is that god's people gather together to worship that's just what they do so even if it's not like super explicitly spelled out, hey, gather Sunday morning at 930, there's, there's tons of precedent and tons of pattern. And I think it's pretty easy to make the case of, no, what God's people do, just kind of part of the rhythms of life and worship, is that they gather together. Well, I would say it, it, it's, it's, not just, it's not explicit because it's assumed. Right, exactly. Like, like Paul's going, when you gather, do it this way, not that way. Right. He doesn't even say you should gather because he, I mean, he's considering that as just, well, of course you should. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. When you, when, when you gather, listen, don't like everyone rush to the table first, wait, you know, like he's giving instructions for what to do and not do. Right. Because he's assuming that they're gathering. Yeah. And, and when those instances come up in the book of Acts, they're never like red flagged. It's like, oh, okay. And they started doing this. It's just, it's just, it's just more like, well, here's how maybe their weekly worship changed from when they met in the synagogue, right? But it wasn't like a anything that they had their red flag and be like, hey, by the way, here's what they started doing. They started getting together on a weekly basis. Like that wouldn't have been surprising or unusual. That would have just been assumed. Well, it, well, I mean, it isn't so much as it says, and they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread and to the apostles' teaching into prayer, right? Like there's an assumption there that they weren't in their own houses doing that, right? Right. And so the, the, they weren't gathering to break bread together. 
to pray and to hear teaching, right? And so the church is just like replicating that over and over again. Right. Yeah. So then we have further just that the church is the ordained, ordained means for growth. Now this kind of gets into some other issues of, you know, what you think and how high of a view we have on sacraments and ordination and whatever else. But I think we can, you and I at least would both firmly say that you know, Christ has given the church. Yeah. And has promised that the church will uh, be sustained. And that's not true of other forms of, let's just say fellowship. Yeah. Or other forms of gathering together, you know, AKA small groups or, whatever sort of parachurch ministries or whatnot. Um, but the Lord has promised that nothing will prevail against the church. Yeah. And he's given us the church. And I think kind of what's going on in Ephesians 4, when it talks about the gifts that he gives to his, his people, he gives these offices of the church. Yeah. Um, and that, those are the means by which he will grow the church and grow, grow his people through the church. Good. That's good stuff. I agree. So, just a, a piggyback on some of that. Um, Kevin DeYoung wrote a piece this week in a, the Gospel Coalition where he's uh, he was sharing with some high school seniors about the importance of uh, just deciding now that you're going to go to church when there's no one to make you go to church. And I thought he had this really neat picture of if we have uh, Jesus, but not the church, where we've got a head without a body. And I just thought that was a really um, vivid way of saying that. That yeah. you're just carrying around a head with no body. Right. Um, right. Because Christ is the head of what? The church. The church, right? And so um, you can't go, well, I like Jesus, but I don't like, you know, the church. And I, and I would just add, just add another layer to that. Another metaphor that's used for the church is a lot is what? The, the bride, right? Right. And so, like, I can't, like, be super tight with Kevin if I hate his wife. Like, that's not like, that's not going to work. Right. Right. Like it can't be Kevin. I look, I love you, but I don't want to be anywhere near Angie. Like, that's not gonna, I mean, you're going to punch me in the nose. You know what I mean? Like that's <laughs> good thing. You're 3000 miles away. Well, yeah. Well, well, even so, <laughs> like if I wasn't, I'm, that would be an issue between us. Right. Like it wouldn't right, work. Right. Our, our closeness would be profoundly affected. You know what I mean? Like it just would, because you and your wife are joined. Christ and his bride are joined. And listen, Christ's bride, like, yeah, there, there's issues. I'm walking through stuff right now. There's no, there's no question. There's issues. But that's his wife. Uh, and you cannot love Jesus and hate his wife. It just doesn't work. Yeah. Or, or be indifferent to her. Like it, it doesn't work. Yeah, and especially when he is, or again, he's kind of com he's commanded and ordained the church to be the means by which we grow, not the only means, right? Uh, but but the primary. It's certainly hard to mature as a Christian if you're not involved in the church. I, I shouldn't say involved, committed to a church. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So another reason I think it's really important to attend weekly corporate worship. I'm kind of deliberately using that phrase rather than just go to church. Yeah. That seems a little cliche and I want to be a little more precise about what we're talking about. Right. You know, that we go there, it's, it's corporate worship. It's not individual worship. Um, and it's, and it's weekly. It's, 
you know, we understand obviously you miss a week here and there for whatever reason, but, uh, but that is a regular, uh, often weekly corporate worship. I think part of that is, I think Kevin DeYoung might have touched on this in his article, but certainly a big thing for like James Smith habits. We're such, become who you are. We're such, we're such creatures of habit. I actually shared this at church yesterday because, um, yeah, usually we, I go out of my house through the back door and our mud room is kind of in the back of the house. And that's where we put our keys and wallet and phones and masks and whatever. Cause that's where we just go in and out of the house. Typically our cars are in the back. Um, when I, I walk to church cause it's only a couple blocks away and I typically, and walk to the elementary school and we just walk out the back, you know, down the alley, across the street and, uh, we're there. But Sunday when I left, um, my wife was on the front porch reading and having her coffee. And so I walked out the front door to say goodbye on my way out. And of course I was like a block away when I realized I forgot my keys and my phone and my wallet and my mask. I forgot it all because it's all by the back door. And I was like, man, we are such creatures of habit. Uh, habits form us, hmm. you know, we, as the saying goes, we make our decisions and then our decisions make us. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of amazing how much goes on in James Smith's words goes on under the hood, you know, without us yeah. even knowing it, without us even conscious of it. Um, I mean, how, what values are being formed in us? What priorities are being formed in us? Um, what desires are being formed in us by just the habits that we undertake? just time after time, after time, after time. Um, and so, you know, attending weekly corporate worship is one of those things that's, it's habit forming. Yeah. Um, it's just, it, it should get to the point where it feels weird to not go. Yeah. You know, and there's something to be said for just sort of this under the hood influence in our lives. That is, that is making our lives so connected and so identified with, the other people of God who gather on Sunday morning to worship. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really good. I mean, how do you, like, how do you get, like when you read the epistles and you see all these one another commands and let's just say you're just starting from scratch. Like maybe you just became a Christian or maybe you just, you know, whatever, just starting from absolute scratch. Okay. How do I start doing this? I think one of the ways to do that, I mean, obviously you can be deliberate and be like, okay, I'll join a small group and I'll, you know, whatever this and that. But one of the ways is just, I'm just going to commit to going to church every Sunday, you know, every week. And probably in ways that we can't articulate, we form habits that then shape how we, how we live our lives and follows one another sorts of commands that we're called to in scripture become much more natural. Yeah. So uh, I, I think there's just everybody has a rhythm to life, right? Right. Um, you know, especially I think as you as you're raising your kids, you know, you're, there's just a morning routine you do, and there's just a on Mondays we handle this, and on Wednesdays we've got like um, dance or gymnastics or soccer or whatever because there's practice and games and what have you, and like it never like it would never occur to most of us to go, well, you know what, I'm just going to skip baseball practice for three weeks right like we just wouldn't do that um because you know you're committed to the team or i mean whatever it is but for some reason in our at least in our culture right now like we don't apply that to arguably with something that's infinitely more important right yeah and so uh for me like we were in church every sunday 
like literally, I mean, again, partly because my dad was a pastor, but look, even right. if he hadn't been right, like, but, but even if he hadn't been, so what that meant was by the time I got to college, it did not occur to me that not going was even on the table. You know what I mean? Like it was, of course I'm going to go. Now I had to do the work to find a place. Right. And it took me a while to find the right one, but like I, or one that was a fit, but like, of course I was going to commit myself to a local church because it was just what we did, you know? Yeah. It, and if I had a ball if I'm look, I played sports. If I had a game on Sunday, I wasn't going. Right. Sorry, coach. I can't be there because this is more important. Yeah. And that, and that like trained something in me. Okay. I caught that this was important. And, and here's the thing. Uh, Kevin teases this out a little bit in his article, Kevin uh, DeYoung, not Sheehan, just for clarity's sake. Those two can duke it out about who, who the real Revy Kevy is, but that's, you know, so Kevin DeYoung, if you're listening. Um, but, you know, he, he says, you know, it's one thing to teach your kid a, a worldview and you should teach your kid a worldview, right? You should give them Bible and theology and all the rest of it. But if you do that and don't, but if you do that and, you know, skip six weeks because of water polo, you're kind of undermining the worldview you're giving them. Yeah. Like, like you're, like you're undercutting it. And the best way we give our kids a worldview is we teach them, no, this is the weekly rhythm of our life. We do this if it's raining or if it's not, we do this if we were really busy on Saturday or we had a lazy day on Saturday, we do this if it's hunting season or if it's not hunting season, that's not to say you never take a week off or never go hunting or, I mean, that's not what I'm saying. But I am saying maybe you don't go for six weeks. Um, yeah. You don't. Yeah. You don't. You don't take. You don't take all of deer season off. And because what you because the because what you communicate there is, church is important unless there are deer or unless there's a sport or unless there's, I mean, whatever it is. Yeah. And so, uh, making that a priority is just that's going to pay off in the long run. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. Well, hey, let's take a break here and we'll come back in the second half of the show and wrap things up. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the second half of the show, part two of the show. So we've been talking about the importance of weekly corporate worship together. Wanted to discuss a few things that tend to be obstacles, I suppose, or temptations for not doing weekly corporate worship. Matt was kind of already touching on some of it. And one of the big things I think that just gets in the way is, well... This is maybe more of the, the root issue is that just other things become a priority. That's what it comes down to. We, we, we make decisions based on what we want to do ultimately. And if other things are a priority, then we decide to do other things. Yeah. Um, Matt was touching a little bit earlier in the first half about whether it's soccer season or hunting season or whatever it might be. That if that's the priority, then that's what you'll do. And that may or may not undermine everything you're trying to teach your kids. Yeah. I mean, we all know the stories of kids, you know, I don't understand why my kids went off to college and stopped going to church. It's like, well, cause maybe cause you brought them to church like once a month and then had soccer games the other three Sundays. I literally have had that conversation in my office. I mean, it happens all the time and it's, yeah. It's, you're looking yeah. at it and going, that's just not surprising because you've taught them that other things are a priority. Yeah. Whatever, whatever it is you said. <laughs> well, it's caught more than taught. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. Yeah. So it comes down to making other things a priority is often what happens. But that's, you know, we're getting into the summer months here. So let's just talk 
kind of specifically about some of the challenges that come with the summer months. A lot of times the the sports seasons and whatnot are more during the school year, but in the summer months you have just vacations, you know, away for the weekend, up at the cabin, at the shore, whatever it might be, taking the week vacation to go to wherever. That's one of the obstacles that comes to weekly worship. Now, that's a trickier one because sometimes wherever you are, it's not necessarily real easy to find a place to worship on the right. Sunday that you're perhaps even traveling or right. whatever it might be. But for some people, summer times, they're basically gone every weekend. Yeah, they're camping. They're... And that's and that's different. Like you mentioned earlier, it's one thing if you miss a Sunday here or there. I mean, yeah. that happens. Uh, but part of the danger in my mind, is that you start to build different rhythms into your life. Yeah. And those rhythms start to dictate what you prioritize. So if the rhythm of your life is, I go to church nine months of the year, and then three months of the year, we're just at on vacation, or at least away every weekend, or whatever it might be, that's building a certain rhythm into your life. And your kids will carry that into their adulthood or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and if you don't have kids, it'll build into your life you know it's just yeah all of a sudden church is not a priority and the things that you value you're just going to reinforce that's more valuable to have your you know weekend at your beach house or whatever it might be and look to, to be fair like there can be competing like values compete you know what i mean so like i want to jog in the morning but i also want to sleep right And in the end, I know that competition. Well, like, and in the end, most times sleep wins for me. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not that I don't want to jog. It's that I just, I want to sleep more. You know what I mean? And that I just have to be real about that. So it's not that you don't want to go to church. You just want to skeet shoot more. And I think when you, as soon as you name that and say it out loud, then you can deal with it. But I think a lot of times what we do is we're just not honest about what our priorities are. No, 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 no. I'm going to go to church. I just, you know, never do somehow. You know what (laughs) I mean? Like it's, yeah. Well, I remember when I was living in Colorado and uh, I mean, the statistics for weekly church attendance there are just unbelievably low because everyone's just backpacking in the summer. Everyone's skiing in the winter. I mean, the church I went to wound up going to a Sunday evening service, basically just to accommodate everyone going skiing. They just go skiing Saturday and Sunday and miss church. I think they moved it so this the service was like 7 p.m. or something Sunday evening. Uh, that's interesting. Get get back from you know Summit County and go to church. Which like yeah. you know it which helped attendance in church. But I kind of had mixed feelings about it because it's like yeah sure it increased attendance, but it didn't really deal with the fact that we had competing idols in our lives. Yeah. You know, I mean, the the real issue was that, you know, I'll just make it personal. Like I love skiing more than I loved worshiping with God's people. All right. I'll just say it in the first person um, like that. That was the real issue. So like I, I get it from, a, you know, from a administrative point of view. It's like, you know, it'd just be easier to do in the evening. Everyone could come or more people would come anyway. But it doesn't yeah. really kind of deal with, you know, the, the, the real issue, the discipleship issue, the issue that's prohibiting growth right for sure so yeah some of it's just making other stuff a priority um and really all of it comes down to that in the end yeah 
everybody does what they want all the time. You know what? Even when you have a gun to your head, in the end, what you value most is what wins. Like the whole, I mean, everyone has a choice. Now, do some people have work schedules that make it more difficult? Yes. And they might have to figure it out a Wednesday night. So, I mean, you, you know, there's all the caveats. I mean, I know we're going to get all the yeah, but emails um, and, and I get it. There are, are there circumstances? Certainly. Could you be in a season where you've been really wounded by the church or maybe taking a break for a season is healthy? I think so. Sure. Like, I think that can, I think that can happen. Um, but, but the danger there is that then that becomes a new normal. Right. Is that, and then you're moving away from God's people instead of toward them. And listen, I get being wounded by the church. Yeah, um, we both do. Yeah, like we get it. And so, and I've done my own share of wounding as a pastor. So like, you know, I'm not, I don't got clean hands. I don't know anyone who does. So like, it's, um, I get it. But at some point you, you move past that. Um, and so uh, I understand it, but at some point it gets down to priorities. Yeah. yeah. So it's a little different this year, just because in the past year, most every church has figured out how to do some sort of online service, right. online, you know, streaming, streaming opportunity. And so there's another temptation there. Like, obviously it's beneficial for many reasons and we could, we continue to do it because of the benefits, but there's also like, there's a tension there. Th- 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 there's just, yeah. It's like, oh, it also kind of opens a can of worms where, Again, it's, it's just easier to stay home sometimes. Well, it's always easier to stay home. Like, that's the problem. It's always easier. If the kids are super squirmy and squirrely, and it's just it's like, ah, it's just right. easier to stay home. Yeah. So, the, again, the fear of that is what kind of habits are we building? Yeah. And are they moving us toward or away from God's people? Right. And, like, you know, it's helpful for, like, you know, again, the people who are just going to the cabin for the weekend. Hey, they can they can log in and they can still participate at least somewhat in worship, you know, live, not just you know better than watching on YouTube two days later. Yeah. Um, so that's that's better than nothing at all, right? Um, but again, the the concern here, the tension here, is that it becomes habit forming, and what you start to value is not the one anotherness of life as the people of God but more of the individualness of I'm going to get my, you know, I'm going to tune in, sort of get, get, my what, I, get what I want out of it and then yeah. log off. Cause the, yeah. you know, I mean, there's all kinds of problems with that. One of, one of which being is it's the internet. You can always find a different pastor <laughs> or one that you like more, one that agrees with you more or one that, you know, whatever. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, yeah, th- that's a hundred percent true um and i think part of that i mean i think there are a couple of things happening there part of that we've talked about this before that like the advent of like netflix and on-demand viewing where it used to be when we were a kid if you wanted to watch you know the a team you had to catch it on monday night at seven o'clock and if you wanted to be able to talk with your buddies about it um you had to you had to watch it or wait for the summer reruns you know what i mean but by then it's not a conversation anymore so you had to like you had to orient your schedule around that. Now you can watch anything, anytime you want. And everything right. is time shifted. And I think we've carried that expectation over to church. Well, there's nothing important about me being there. I can just catch it later. When I actually think, no, the, there's something about a group of people hearing the spirit of God 
speak to them together in one place that cannot be replicated hearing it three days later. Yeah. It doesn't mean God can't speak to you, but there's something happening among those people that like time shifting just doesn't, it just doesn't do it. Like Jonathan, Jonathan Lehman develops this idea um, in his, in his most recent book about, you know, whether or not multi-services are a good idea. And that's a whole other topic, but, um, but, but that's an important idea. And so, so, so that's one thing that's happening, but I think another thing, um, listen, preaching's important. It, it, it's why we gather, but I wonder sometimes if part of the reason our churches are not, the attendance is waning is because we don't do community well. We do preaching well, but we're not offering community because you can get good preaching any place. And, and, and I'm not saying I know what the, all the right solutions for that are, but I sometimes wonder if that's an issue. Well, all, all, all good things. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, for instance, if you want to find better preaching than Reformed Presbyterian Church, just check out Matt's church. Well, that's just not true. I think that's what you're going with that. Anyway, we no, should, that's, we should that's, probably wrap that's up. just yeah. I, I said uh, on I said recently that really between the two of us, you're actually the smart one, and I, I'm just here for the dad jokes. I which, just provide. That's not saying a whole lot. All right, I, I provide the hockey banter, even though I don't follow <laughs> hockey. Anyway. Well, hey, you've been listening to Matt and Kevin Talk Church. We hope that when you sift through all the other stuff going on, that what you've heard has been helpful and edifying. If you have any questions for us to answer or topics for us to discuss, you can always email us at mattandkevintalkchurch at gmail.com. You can always follow us on Twitter as well, at MKTC. That being said, I'm Matt. And I'm Kevin. We've been talking church and the importance of weekly corporate worship. Be warm and be fed. <laughs>